Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. You know what? There's very adult content ahead, and you have been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, Grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And before we get started, I'm going to say, you guys have noticed, my throat and my voice is a little bit gravelly, so it's going to be a short episode because I'm not feeling very well, but I love you, my darlings, and I could not let you go without at least one episode before Christmas, but I think there might be a Christmas present in there for you somewhere. There might be another episode somewhere down the line later on, maybe this week, maybe for Christmas, we don't know. All right. And on today's Dark Enigma, since we're coming up on the holiday season, and if you're anything like me, you are already sick of all the songs, movies, and specials, and if one more person tells me to have a merry fucking Christmas, I'm gonna barf. With that said, I thought a little anti-Christmas was in order for you, my darlings, or at least we can have some fun mocking the holiday spirit as it is. As always, we will be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation is up to you, so choose your venom accordingly. Alright, now for the game part. How about every time I say evil, that will be a single shot, and every time I say Austria. That will be a double shot. Alright, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump head first into today's dark enigma and the story of Krampusnacht, or the legend of Krampus. That's right, my darlings, it's Krampus time. They say he comes on the evening of December 5th, a night they call Krampusnacht. Armed with a bundle of gold-painted birch sticks to beat naughty children with. You can usually hear him coming. The soft steps of one bare human foot alternate with the clip-clop of his cloven hoof. His name is Krampus, and he is the terror of Austria and the Alpine region. Mwahaha! Okay, couldn't resist. <laughs> A mangled, deranged face with bloodshot eyes tops a furry, black body. Giant horns curl up from his head, displaying his half-goat, half-demon lineage. Behind this terror, a dozen more stomp through the snow of the streets of Lines, Austria, among a din of cowbell jangles. 
the creatures dashed through the streets, chasing giggling children and adults alike, poking them with the sticks and scaring some with the realization that they were very naughty this year. Have you been naughty, darling? Though legends about his looks change from region to region, some things stay consistent. Krampus is said to have pointed devilish horns and a long, snake-like tongue. His body is covered in coarse fur, and he looks like a goat crossed with a demon. His body and arms are strung with chains and bells, and he carries a large sack, or occasionally a basket, on his back to cart off evil little children. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel like I want to be naughty. Krampus comes to town the night before the feast of St. Nicholas and makes the rounds of all the houses to met out punishment to the naughty. If you're lucky, you might get a swat with a birch branch. If you're not, you'll wind up in the basket. After that, your fate is anyone's guess. The legends suggest you might be eaten as a snack, drowned in a river, or maybe just dropped off in hell. Sometimes he's accompanied by St. Nicholas, who in Central Europe doesn't bother himself with the naughty children. He focuses on handing out presents to the well-behaved and leaves the rest for his darker counterpart. But how did this sinister figure become a regular part of holiday fun in places like Austria, Bavaria, the Czech Republic, Slovenia, and Northern Italy? Well, nobody is entirely certain. Most believe that Krampus hails from the Alpine region's pagan past. His name comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw, and he bears a striking resemblance to old Norse legends about the son of Hel, god of the underworld. It's a compelling history, especially since Krampus's appearance coincides with a number of pagan winter rites, notably one that sends people parading through the streets to disperse the ghosts of winter. In some depictions of Krampus, his resemblance to the Christian devil is particularly clear. Over the years, as Christianity gained popularity in this region, aspects of Krampus' appearance began to shift to fall in line with Christian beliefs. The chains, for example, were not originally a feature of Hell's ghoulish son. It's believed that Christians added them later to evoke the binding of the devil. And that wasn't the only change under Christian hands. Krampus took on a number of devilish qualities, like the basket in which he carries wicked children to hell. Wait a minute, we say wicked like it's a bad thing. I don't think it is. From there, it isn't hard to see how Krampus, already associated with the winter festivities, might then have been incorporated into Christian Christmas traditions and the legend of St. Nicholas. Today, Krampus has his own celebration on the day before the Feast of St. Nicholas. In the Alpine region, every evening on December 5th, notice Krampus knocked, elegantly dressed St. Nick's pair up with monstrously outfitted Krampuses, or is it Krampus eye? I don't know. Krampus eye? Krampus eye. Krampuses. Whatever. And make the rounds of homes and businesses, offering gifts and playful threats. 
the creature has become so popular in recent times that he has a comic book series, parties of his own, and even a movie with a rumor of a sequel to be coming soon. After all, says Jeremy Sagers, organizer of a Krampusnacht festival being held for the first time in Orlando, Florida, why watch out when Santa Claus comes to town? Because Krampus is coming to get you. Krampusnacht greeting cards that depict the horned beasts are exchanged with festive and funny messages. But the best part is the citywide celebrations where people dress up as Krampus and run through the city. They just run amok, 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 amok. Okay, sorry. I had to go back to Hocus Pocus. The activity is especially popular among young men who chase friends and passerbys through the streets with birch sticks. Tourists say running into a coffee shop won't save you, and the swats aren't exactly what you would call gentle. But slaps are generally confined to the legs, and the festive atmosphere goes a long way toward healing the occasional welt. The tradition has become an important one in many countries, and has come to include expensive handmade masks, elaborate costumes, and even parades. Though some complain that the celebration is becoming too commercial, many aspects of the festival of old endure. Krampus masks, for example, are typically carved from wood and are the product of significant labor. Artisans work for months, and the costumes sometimes make it into museums as examples of living tradition of folk art. It's always remarkable when ancient traditions make it to the present, but Krampus has had an especially rough fight for survival. In Austria in 1923, Krampus and all Krampusnacht activities were banned by the fascist Christian Social Party. Their motives were a little unclear. Though they agreed that Krampus was certainly a force for evil, there seems to have been some confusion about whether that was because of his clear ties to the Christian devil or his less clear ties to the Social Democrats. Either way, they were sure that Krampus wasn't good for kids, and they passed out pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man, warning parents of the dangers of influencing young children with threats of a violent holiday intruder. Though they might have had a point about the traumatic effect of telling misbehaving children they were going to be eaten by St. Nick's evil twin, society wasn't deeply moved. The ban lasted for four years, and vague murmurs of disapproval continued a little bit longer than that. But in the end, no one could keep Krampus down. Linz's annual Krampus parade, also known as Perchtenlauf or Klaubaufen, resurrects a centuries-old tradition. Young men in town dress up as the mythical creature and parade through the streets in an ancient pagan ritual meant to disperse winter's ghosts. They march dressed in fur suits and carved wooden masks and carrying cowbells. Because you gotta have more cowbells. The tradition, also known as the Krampuslauf or Krampus Run, is having a resurgence throughout Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, and the Czech Republic, and has finally gained recognition here in the good old United States. Krampus himself historically comes around the night of December 5th, tagging along with St. Nicholas. 
He visits houses all night with his saintly pal, while St. Nick is on hand to put candy in the shoes of good kids and birch twigs in the shoes of the bad. Krampus's particularly particular speciality is punishing naughty children. I love a man who knows how to punish. Mm-hmm. Legend has it that throughout the Christmas season, misbehaved kids are beaten with birch branches or can even disappear, stuffed into Krampus's sack and hauled off to his lair to be tortured or eaten. Sagers tells Smithsonian.com, and I quote, The Krampus is the yin to St. Nick's yang. You have the saint, you have to have the devil. It taps into a subconscious macabre desire that a lot of people have that is the opposite of the saccharine Christmas a lot of us grew up with. In fact, Krampus's real roots have nothing to do with Christmas at all. In fact, they do date back to pre-Germanic paganism in this region. His name originates from the German Krampen, which does mean claw, and tradition has it that he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, underworld hell. During the 12th century, the Catholic Church attempted to banish Krampus celebrations because of his resemblance to the devil. More eradication attempts followed in 1934 at the hands of Austria's conservative Christian Social Party, but none of it held, and Krampus has emerged as a much-feared and much-beloved holiday force. For some, the annual festival of child-hunting Krampus is fun, but concerns that refugees in the alpine towns that celebrate Krampus could find the tradition frightful has prompted some towns to consider taming the horror. This year, Krampus's scheduled arrival in the Alpine towns that celebrate him coincides with an influx of refugees from Syria and Afghanistan. Though the festival is well-loved, it gave rise to concerns that the new neighbors might be scared of the tradition and its nightmare-fueling costumes. Rather than concealing the parade, town officials decided to educate the newcomers. The Telegraph's Rosina Sabur writes that refugee children in Linz were invited to a presentation where they learned about the props, costumes, and customs of Krampus. Seeger likes the idea of introducing Krampus to refugees in Austria. He said, I think it's wonderful that they want to get the refugees used to this sort of thing. You can't force people to adopt cultural traditions of which they have no basis or point of rest reference. But perhaps you'll be the next to catch the Krampus spirit this holiday. After all, the horrible haunt could very well be watching for you. Some cities like Los Angeles have annual Krampus celebrations that feature costume contests, parades, traditional dances, bell ringing, and even alpine horn blowing. Cookies, dirndls, and masks are tour de force. So if you're the sort who thinks Christmas needs a little more Halloween, see if your city has a Krampus night celebration. And you know what? Don't forget to dress up. Because why only dress up on Halloween when you can dress up at Christmas too? And before we go, I'm going to share my favorite, my favorite quote when it comes to Krampus. And it's from the book Krampus, the Yule Lord by Brahm. And I quote, then let us go and be terrible.
<laughs> and with that, we've come to the end of the episode, my darlings. I do thank you for joining me and dealing with my crappy voice today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about Krampus. Or if you have a really good recipe for a hot toddy, send it my way because I can use it because my throat has been killing me. You can always reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have suggestions for a future show or you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line because I promise I do reply to all emails. And on that note, my darlings, that's all the time we have for you today. I thank you again for joining us here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. And remember, go and be terrible. Love you, darlings. Mwah! We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.